Hey, it's the FinTech Newscast. My name's John, and with me is a guy who could really use some uh, vaccine NFTs lately. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better, John. Thank you. I'm just, just getting over some COVID, but I'm getting back on the horse, so to speak. So this is the, what, second time you've gotten COVID? It's only the first one that I've actually tested for. I'm pretty sure that my wife and I had it way back in the halcyon days of February 2020. But yeah, this is the, the first time that I actually test positive for this. I'm glad you're getting better. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. such it a great 2020s. The 2020s are like the worst. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the worst. Is this going to be like our 1930s, the 2020s? Uh, minus the really awesome parties. We have a big European war. We have <laughs> plagues. Uh, we have uh, m- <laughs> minus the awesome parties. The awesome parties in 1930s? Sure, there were parties, you know, great The Nazi party, the, the, the fascist Nazi. party. <laughs> yeah, there's some great parties. A different kind of party, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're doing things different uh, these days. Um, now we have uh, NFTs to be excited and to be worried about, especially mm-hmm. if you're Seth Green. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, apparently, he was going to create a show based on a Board Aid Yacht Club NFT, and somebody... I think fished him out of his um, his NFT, which is really a shame. And now he can't make the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, I was just reading a little bit about it, but yeah, he's he's begging the guy who bought it from the wherever that sketchy source was that took it from him, and uh, the the guy won't sell it to him. Oh, and it's not clear whether the guy knew he was buying it from uh, someone that may have stolen it or or not, but. We're going to lose a, another very valuable Steph Green show. Although I'm very happy with Robot Chicken still. That's still on, by the way, like 20 years later. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, We're always waiting for the new season. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely not an expert on NFTs, but we're lucky to have someone that is. Alex Kehaya, the CEO and co-founder of Olaplex. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's uh, H-O-L-A-P-L-E-X, pronounced Olaplex. What's, what's the story behind the name? Yeah, so when we started the company, um, there's, this, there's a protocol on Solana for NFTs that handles all of the logic for creating an NFT and selling an NFT. It's all the, the sort of backend logic called Metaplex. And um, Olaplex is the fastest way to create a marketplace that is built on top of Metaplex. And my, the idea there being like, if, you're ever, if you've ever learned how to write code, um, your first app would have been a Hello World app. And so this was like, Hello Metaplex, like fastest way to, to, to build a, a, a storefront or, or a marketplace that leverages that protocol on Solana. Oh, got it. Okay. Pretty straightforward, I guess. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're a programmer. Yeah, well, the idea was that you know you didn't need to know how to write software to use these tools now because of the because of the products that we build. Um, so anybody, it's all open source, which means it's free for anybody to use um, and self-host if they want and customize. Uh, and it allows any individual creator to create their own marketplace, to create NFTs and sell them and, and market their whatever their NFTs are that they're that they're building. Ah, oh, so many questions in there. But first, uh, tell us what is Olaplex, what, what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, we focus on building a suite of open source software uh, that helps creators uh, leverage the benefits of NFTs and, and, and Web3. And we can kind of get in, get into that in more detail. And we, we creators is a pretty broad term. 
um, we started out serving indie artists, digital artists, um, and, and also musicians who were selling NFTs through our platform. Uh, but we also think of um, enterprises and entrepreneurs and developers as creators as well, um, because all of the software we built and all the components we've built, or rather, I should say all the software we built is our components, they're composable components. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of applications that you can create that leverage uh, the, the, the full stack of software that we built on top of the protocol that I was talking about earlier in the show. Um, so we make it very easy. And in, in, in our, our, our business model today is very similar to um, a company called Red Hat. We, 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 Red Hat's a Web2 company that does open source software as a service. Um, we have customization, maintenance, and support contracts that we offer to enterprises, both startups as well as like Fortune 500 companies. Um, well, where we help them build applications that leverage, leverage NFTs. Uh, we also have a suite of products on oldplex.com that the community can access free of charge with no, no coding knowledge required. Um, the products that are there are, are uh, a marketplace product that you can just click buttons to create your own marketplace that you own. Um, and uh, some minting tools, so tools to actually create the NFTs. Uh, as well as uh, a social, or like an on-chain social exchange for NFTs. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm kind of curious on the businesses, on the corporate side, are, are there kind of uh, misunderstandings or is there some learning curve you have to guide them through a little bit as to what this can and can't do? Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses want to get into NFTs. They see the values of Web3 as appealing. So things like being open source, um, enabling their customers to have NFTs that they actually own the asset, so that self-custody, um, as well as that they're, they're very interested in like utility for things like loyalty programs um, that they can create with NFTs. And as well as like the, the, the ability to create community around these things. I think that's one of the first sort of areas where we saw product market fit with um, things like Board 8 Yacht Club, right? They, it's an NFT that a bunch of people bought and the utility there is really the community and the brand around that NFT and what people will eventually do and create in addition to that or like on top of that brand. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, a lot of the questions that people have around NFTs is more are, are technology related. Um, so they ask things like, hey, what blockchain should we use? Um, what, what are the capabilities that can be offered? Like what things can you, can you actually create? Um, and, and questions like that. And, and typically I think like the answers to the questions are, you know, where can you get the best performance for users? So users expect kind of a web two experience, right? They want things that load quickly. They want transactions to go really fast, which Solana does really well. Um, and they want to, and they want to be able to see their assets kind of show up in real time, which is something we do really well through indexing technology, which we can get more into, uh, that we built that, that, that reads data off chain. So there's like writing data to a chain and there's also reading data, which is kind of hard, um, to do well anyway. Um, and so we kind of, we guide them along on, on all those fronts, including the strategy around how to build community and whatnot. From a user experience, I'm on your website now, and I see that you have a, uh, uh, some NFT art there for for sale. I assume, um, and then there's a price attached to it. In some cases, you know, between ten and twenty Solana tokens. I assume. Um, mm -hmm. Is your does does is that is, is that the case? Yeah, that's true. So if you go to oldplex.com today, 
uh, you'll see on our what we call like our discovery page, which is the homepage, which is where people can go and discover artists and creators and buy their works. Um, if you look up at the top right hand corner, there's this link that says Alpha on it. The Alpha product is our social exchange, our social feed, uh, where you can actually follow artists that you like. And that data is stored on the Solana blockchain and custodied in your wallet, meaning that you actually own the audience that you create. Um, this is all, this is where like you leverage the blockchain technology. And the utility there for users is that uh, you can leverage that audience across multiple platforms. The big difference like between something like that and say Twitter or Facebook is Twitter and Facebook own your audience. So if you, uh, you guys build a, a huge audience on Twitter and Facebook for this podcast, um, and then one day Twitter decides to boot you off the platform, you have to go recreate that audience. But if right. that audience is stored on chain, then, um, then, then you can take it with you. And if you think about how collectors and creators interact, um, it, it is a very social experience, right? They're building a relationship and a community. And that's what we use social media for today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so NFTs kind of connect that social aspect and e-commerce and ownership of the entire experience and you know, audience that you build. And so that's what that product is an example of. It's, it's, it's sort of one of the first examples of a community being able to own its audience and the platform in the sense that it's all open source, right? Um, so mm-hmm. really they do, they do have access to it in perpetuity. Looking at the price, right? So if, if something is priced at say 20 Solana, um, does that price fluctuate with the price of the Solana token as well? Or is there a mechanism by which that is a bit more stable? Because I'm thinking well, here that- Well, it's, it's denominated in Sol and Sol, you know, obviously fluctuates in price like any other crypto um, or uh-huh. any other asset. Uh, we do have plugins that we use with our other customers that are when we're like having a, a custom application. For example, one of our customers is this company called Campus Legends. It was founded by Tim Tebow. Um, they're making a, a, a suite of products in, in, a, in a marketplace to serve NCAA athletes. And uh, on, their, on their marketplace and, and all the tools that we're building for them, you can you have the option to buy the NFTs in either Seoul or US dollars. Um, oh, and so, so they have, they, there is a little bit of a d- d- dynamic pricing situation there. Um, but yeah, you get the option. So we, we have a, you, you can take a credit card on that platform. So we give them the option. Olaplex.com is more focused on like that product or those suites of products are more for, focused on uh, crypto native users today. Those are uh-huh. ones that are like more used to having a phantom wallet and wanting to pay in Seoul and they have Seoul in their wallet and that's what they're used to. Got it. Yes. Okay. So that, that, Steve, that, that, that guy's Fiat money. That's so last century. Come on. <laughs> I only buy with cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's, I guess the, the next qu- question for, for me is um, if you look at uh, even uh, Google searches for NFTs and sort of the NFT volume at OpenSea, which is, I, I think is the, the biggest platform now, it seems like that's declined significantly in the past three or four months or so. It, it seems to have peaked around January of this year. Our core business is really focused on this suite of open source softwares and, and servicing um, these two different customer bases. And yep. I mean, on the enterprise front, it's it's really strong, to be honest. There's a lot mm-hmm. of companies investing in this space and they see the long-term value of this technology in their business. So we're not having any problem on that front. I think the retail market, um, yeah, I mean, it's that's volatile with the rest of the economy, right? Um, and yep. you've seen... 
like the tech sector and equities as well as crypto crypto kind of in a bear market right now. And so mm -hmm. things have died down some. Um, but, you know, I, this isn't the first bear market that I've been in. I've, I've been in crypto since 2016. And um, for builders and people who are in this for the, the long term, this is a really great time to focus and build. And that's what we're doing. Um, and it. we have plenty of plenty of runway. We raised money last year. We have revenue um, and our team's growing. And so we're, we're in a really strong position. So we're not really worried about the near term uh, impact of the current economic situation from like a macro standpoint. Uh, yeah, I want to get into some other use cases for uh, uh, kind of the Web3, uh, but uh, I was curious about uh, the pros and cons for artists. I, I, I know you can kind of expand your reach and, and uh, find an audience, but there's also risks with like people uh, copying what you do and then selling it in some cases before you even get a chance to. Um, what, what are some of those? Uh, uh, benefits and some of the things you got to be careful about. Yeah, I think fraud is definitely something to be worried about. And, um, you know, we rely heavily on the community to help us uh, identify when there's fraud. And we have the ability to remove that from our platform. I mean, everything's on chain. So there's only a certain amount of ex a certain to a certain extent that we can prevent that stuff from existing, but we don't have to host it, right? Like we're essentially just hosting open source software that enables creators to access these services really easily without any technical skill. Um, as far as Web3 goes, I always point to the values. And th these are the things that I'm really excited about. And the technology is an implementation of values, right? So being open source is a value for me. It's really important. And we're radically open source. And we collaborate with a lot of other companies to integrate their open source tech into our products. And that's been something that's carried us really far and helped our business tremendously. Um, for creators, I think self-custody, the idea that you can actually custody your, 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 your assets and your art and that it's in that it belongs to your identity, which is your, which is your wallet address um, is, is really different. Um, and then as part of that concept, um, your art is now an asset that can generate revenue for you over the long term. And that's something that's very different than what they were used to in the past, uh, where they would only get like a sale once. And then that's the last time they see revenue really from that. Uh, and that's all enforced programmatically on chain via technology. I understand that also that there may be use cases where um, you can sell non-visual art or actual physical items. Um, can you walk me through that? What does that look like from an artist's perspective? Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's, you can sell uh, music as well. I think it's another one that I'm really interested in. So music, you can also sell NFTs that have utility that like get people access to a community. I mean, artists have used that. So they, they'll sell like a standard piece of art. Maybe there's only 500 copies and that's how they build their community of collectors. And then they sell like one of one unique pieces to that group. I've seen that work really, really well. And I think that that's a really, and then they like, if you own the art, you get access to like a discord channel or something like that. Um, as far as physical art goes, there's two different things that I see that are opportunities. One is I buy an NFT and you send me a physical painting. And that happens all the time. That's really not different than normal e-commerce. It's just using blockchain technology to process the transaction and you get a digital representation of the ownership of that, of that asset. It's mm -hmm. like proof of ownership. Um, the other one is, is collectibles for physical items like sneakers. 
in that case, there's a lot of interesting experiments happening. We're not really doing that at Olplex, but I have some ideas on that one. Um, mainly, I think there needs to be uh, a custody solution of the asset. So an example of this in the real world is Robert Mondavi, the wine company. I actually mm -hmm. met uh, the GM of that company back in Austin uh, a couple months back, and she was telling me how they did a drop on Ethereum of a limited number of porcelain, I think it was porcelain wine bottles that had um, some, you know, limited wine, edition wine in them. And uh, they actually custody the wine and you can burn the NFT to redeem the, the bottle. But for collectors, it's really interesting because they custody the asset for them um, and they put like a unique barcode and there was like a way you could know if it was open or not, right? Um, the bottle, I mean. And, uh, and what it did was create a liquid market for that asset. So you, you can have your own little marketplace um, where people can trade this, this asset that's a physical collectible but that's custodied by your company. And that marketplace can generate revenue for your company. It can also make, you know, as the asset accrues value, um, collectors can sell the asset pretty seamlessly, um, which I think is kind of cool. Actually, be pretty excellent. Yeah, and then and then what what is the percentage that you take on each transaction? So um, the uh, the products that are on oldplex.com are all community run, and and we're gonna eventually get to a point where that's actually governed by the community. Um, mm -hmm. And so right now the platform takes a two percent co-create, like we get added as a co-creator on the NFT to sure. the, to the tune of two percent. So there's no actual fee for transactions on that marketplace. And any fees that we do end up charging, like maybe we'll charge like a one or 2% fee eventually on the marketplace itself. That's that, that goes into a community wallet that's managed by the community and they can decide what happens to those funds. Um, Got it. So this is, this is a, a, a pretty interesting approach and it, it, it differs quite, quite, um, quite a lot, I assume, from what Coinbase and Instagram are doing. So how would you compare and contrast what Meta slash Instagram and Coinbase are doing with NFTs versus you guys? Yeah, I haven't looked into Coinbase too much. I've seen a bunch of the, as far as like what they're, I mean, I assume their business model is just transactions, right? Um, and 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 I have seen some rumors about the fees that Meta might charge, um, but I don't know actually what they are. And uh, I, what I'll say is that they are taking the traditional Web2 business model, which is maximally extractive, right? So another value of Web3 is minimally extractive. And, and, and sharing in the co-creation of, of the platforms as much as possible and the value that, that comes from that with the community. Um, and so that's, that's the big difference um, in uh, coming up with token economic structures that support a decentralized community versus like a centralized Web2 ecosystem that just tries to extract as much shareholder value as possible. So is the technology at a place where it's doing uh, everything that you want it to, or are, are there some things that you wish would, um, that you need to move forward to, to get all the use cases in that you want? Um, that's a great question. Things have come so far, even in the last like nine months, the pace of this, the builders in this space is just incredible. Um, and what we're seeing is it's becoming easier and easier to build these applications. Now, our goal is to make it as easy as possible for, for, for ourselves and for other developers um, to the point that any sort of uh, web to react native developer, for example, can just take a bunch of these open source components and compose them into an application that's useful. 
and not ever actually think about like the blockchain stuff, right? So like some of the blockchain native things, that's where things kind of get challenging. Um, I mentioned indexing data, right? So reading data off the chain is, is, can be challenging, especially getting it at speeds at which you're used to, right? Like you buy an NFT and it just shows up in your wallet instantly. That didn't used to happen before, right? Like when, back in 2016, 2017, when I, when, it, when I was just playing around with ETH, like things can take a really long time, like it can take 15 minutes or even an hour for you to send money from one place to another, right? Like that's pretty scary for uh, users who are not willing to put up with that, you know? So if we're going to get to mass adoption, you have to build these like web two like experiences. And um, I would say things are getting a lot better. Um, so I think... The thing that's missing that we're building that other people are working on is more and more uh, components that are composable that enable these Web2 like experiences and enable developers to build those applications quicker. Oh, so what direction is Olaplex heading into? Uh, you have the marketplace uh, for NFTs. You're working on uh, supporting uh, for businesses, which I imagine is just uh, just at the very beginning. Um, but uh, I've seen use cases for, or on the corporate side, uh, for like securitization, um, ownership of uh, 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 records, that kind of thing uh, kept on a blockchain. Uh, would you expand in that area or you just have so much on your hands with uh, helping businesses with the communities? Yeah, with, with oldplex.com, you know, that, that suite of project products, we're moving towards a more decentralized model where the community really runs and, and governs and is involved in even building and adding to that product. Um, and that's going to happen over the next couple of months. Uh, and with our enterprise business, you know, we, and, and to answer your last question, like things we might move into to actually implement for different use cases, that really depends on the customer. So we're really letting the, our customers drive um, which components get built next. But in general, at a high level, where we're going is, is towards building more and more of these components, these components that allow us to compose applications like what you see on Olaplex.com much faster um, and across multiple platforms like web and mobile um, and even uh, and even potentially some more than one chain. Well, another challenge is uh, the regulators are coming after the blockchain uh, side of the world and because of some... Uh, insider trading and issues has attracted attention. Uh, wh what do you think is a, a good scenario for regulations in this area? And what would be like a worst case scenario? Um, yeah, I mean, over -reg heavy regulation that restricts our ability to innovate would be bad. Um, but some regulation is a good thing. And I think that there are people uh, in Congress that are working on regulation that's going to make a lot of sense for the space in general, not just NFTs, but for crypto in general. Um, so I think getting, I, I think the United States is, my, my prediction is that the United States is going to regulate appropriately and, and um, enable us to be, uh, continue to be a leader in this space without like shuttering the industry. I don't think that they're, because like, I think they, that many senators and congressmen and women see the value that Web3 can bring to consumers. Um, and it's here to stay for sure. So I'm, I'm not very, I'm not really worried about, about the regulatory environment. Yeah, they, they, they likely probably don't understand the, 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 the value, but I, I'm actually, I agree that it's, um, it's actually good news that we've seen prosecutions or at least charges being brought up against folks who are doing um, not great things with NFTs, like, like the guy um, with the OpenSea 
insider trading issue as well. Um, but if you had basically a, a, a wish list of things that you would want the industry to, to, to regulate on for NFTs, what would it be? What would be sort of a, um, um, the low-hanging fruit of regulatory mechanisms to make the space more um, fair, actually, for, for users, for creators, and for everyone involved in, in the community? I think it's, I think it's very, uh, just broadly, I think it's similar to the rest of the cryptocurrency space. It's just clarity so we can make informed decisions. Um, so I saw some of the bills that got proposed last week, um, and I think some of the recommendations those senators have. And, I, and look, I'm not an expert on the on the regulatory side, um, so take this with a grain of salt. I'm not a lawyer either, um, but I think like clarity clarity in the space would be really helpful. This is why I'm like I'm actually excited to see uh, regulation begin to go through go through the proper channels. Um, so I don't have like a you know, a, a big wish list or anything like that. Um, I think it's, it, but I do think it's very similar to the rest of the cryptocurrency space where clarity would, would enable entrepreneurs to continue to innovate and feel um, and stay within in, inside the regs. And at Olplex, we're really, we're really careful about that. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's definitely important. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that clarity helps people uh, jump in. I, I know the banks haven't been able to touch it because uh, they they have no idea and what what the rules are going to be, and, and that's yeah. true. I'm I'm sure for a lot of large companies and more uh, conservative regulated industries, they they they're not allowed to to do anything because there's no there's no clarity. They don't know if they're gonna something is gonna run afoul of a future rule. It's almost like like uh, banking a, a weed business, right? You can't quite know what the you know it, it may be legal in your state, but uh, uh, <coughs> on a federal level, it's it's quite quite complicated. Steve always um, uses the weed business as a metaphor I, for some I reason. I always go back to the weed business no, for some good, reason. It's a yeah. good metaphor. It is a good <laughs> metaphor. It's there there a, is a, a lack of clarity, yeah. Yeah, it's a frontier, you know, frontier market opportunity with entrepreneurs on the bleeding edge trying to build businesses and clarity kind of makes that hard some, sometimes. Um, I do think that we'll get there as a country. Uh, and I think the thing that I would ask is that the people in, in the in the process of creating these regulations really look at the benefits this technology can bring consumers um, and, how, and the opportunity it brings them, you know, with the, with the values that are built in it. Obviously, there's risk, right, to consumers as well, uh, especially with things like what you guys saw with the guy from OpenSea um, getting, getting prosecuted. I think that was the right, the right thing um, to have happen. You don't want bad actors. Um, we need to protect against that. But there's also like a lot of opportunity and benefit to consumers, a lot of access to like if you if you look at DeFi, decentralized finance, for example, there's access to investment vehicles that they never could have had access to that this that this uh, that this technology enables. And yes, there's risk there, and you need to understand that risk as an investor or as a consumer. Um, but there's also opportunity, right? Um, there's a lot of opportunity, and you can kind of level the playing field. Uh, normally people who only have a certain amount of wealth can access those kinds of opportunities and now everybody can and that's another value permissionless right like permissionless nature of web3 i say you should use nfts to buy your weed or edibles <laughs> should, that's the way you can track it you know tax it totally and, uh, regulate totally possible. it there's yeah. a lot of automation that can be built in i mean you're exactly right yeah i mean the, 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 it's, a, it's a really good point shockingly alex agrees with me 
We should use <laughs> NFTs for this solution. And yeah, Olaplex should be the sole source, the single source we can, vendor. <laughs> we, we, we will help you implement it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. Are there are there any podcasts uh, NFTs yet? Uh, yeah, well, it's audio, so presumably, yeah. Yeah, you, you could so you could do an NFT that is like a pa- like a pass, right? So um, again, if you build like a very large audience and they want special access to you guys in like a Discord channel or something like that, um, you could use the NFT to gate access. So if you hold the NFT, it's like a membership card. Like NFTs is membership cards is a is a I think a, a really common use case that we're going to see a lot of. Yeah, I saw that there, there's some private club in New York that uses an NFT, and the price of that thing just skyrocketed. Yeah, actually. Yeah, exclusivity is valuable. So, what do you think of this Seth Green story, Alex? I only read like one article about this a while ago, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that he listed it accidentally for sale. Uh, okay isn't that what happened oh those hollywood I think, types no i think somebody fished him out of his out of his uh, uh pass rates or something or his, his, oh, so his maybe key. they got his seed phrases from him i'm guessing that's that's what happened yeah okay so so oh yeah he got a fishing and then he gave he, so so this is back to the thing we said it there towards the end right about the thing i just said about seed phrases Never enter your seed phrases in on a website that you don't know the URL to, right? Um, yes. You just be very careful on that. And click all the links in your emails that you get. No, don't <laughs> make sure click to click link. all the links. Only yeah. click, click from links and emails. Honestly, any link that I get, even if it, any email I get, even if it looks like it's coming like directly from Coinbase, which is like a reputable exchange, I will, I will copy and paste. Like you can use Control Click, right click and copy and paste the link into a notepad so I can see the URL. And if it's yeah, not right, a coinbase.com right. URL, it's like some weird thing, I will not go there. Um, so yeah, OPSEC and uh, operational security around your seed phrases is really important. This has happened to a lot of, this has happened to a lot of people and it's just like losing your seed phrases, giving them up to someone you shouldn't have. Um, it's like, it's happened to people and they, it's part of, it's part you of, you just being, need one moment of weakness or, or where you're just, just got a little bit too busy at one time. And then you didn't uh, take that extra right. step, like you were saying. And uh, it seems like uh, they, they, it's like a, a constant assault. So if you have one gap, I mean, that can, that can ruin your day. Yeah. So this is about, you know, when you're self, they just have assets, to be successful are, once, right? There are benefits and there are, there are risks and it's just important to understand those things. Yeah. Well, that's a true. That's the same with the online banking or any of your online accounts. Exactly. Yeah. It's not that. It's yeah. not that different. Yeah. Except the big difference is somebody can go dip their hand into your bank account right now and just take money out. I'm not gonna say who, but we probably all know who it is. <laughs> um, whereas in this case, that somebody can't really do that because it's, it's custody by you. All right. I'm gonna just get paid in Solana from now on. Not a bad idea. All right, Alex, we're going to close on this one. There's a new project called um, We're All Going to Die, which probably has overtaken the Board Board Ape Yacht Club on OpenSea as the most popular NFT project. Um, Not that I would invest, but how would you say a newbie like myself should approach the NFC investing space? Um, If you're a total noob to the space and you've not like played with crypto at all um, and you want to, just take a little bit of money not more than you're willing to have go to complete zero. Okay. Mm. And just like buy an NFT or like do it, 
do a transaction. Like when I first started in the space, that's what I did. I, I said, all right, I want to see what this is all about. And so I bought like one ETH and I went and collateralized that ETH and took a loan out against that asset. And I had had traditional loans before and I didn't have to talk to a single human being. And within, you know, about an hour, because I had to go through a learning curve or like creating a wallet, writing down my seed phrases and go through all that process. I was all of a sudden becoming crypto native and I, and it blew my mind when I realized how easy it was to access that loan in using DeFi. And so I started going down the rabbit hole and I started using some of these products with very limited amount of money, just, just testing it out, just getting a feel for it. So for me, it's not about, I'm not going to give investment advice. I'm just going to say if you're curious and you want to check things out and learn about these technologies and products, just pick one and start using it. Go to Olaplex.com, get Phantom, install Phantom, write your seed phrases down. Don't share them with anyone. Put them in a safe place. Even if you think you're not going to have a lot of money there, you never know what will happen. So please write your seed phrases down and never give them to anyone else and put them in a safety deposit box. Uh, wait, 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 are you saying seed phrases? Seed yeah, okay, phrases. I can explain this. So can you spell that? Yeah, seed, seed phrase, it's like S-E-E-D. Okay, phrase. seed phrase, yeah. So, so when you create a wallet in crypto, um, in this space, and you want to put money on it so you can buy an NFT, buy crypto, do, do whatever it is you want to do, um, when it's self-custody, right, like Phantom Wallet or MetaMask is our self-custody wallets. That means you actually control the private keys that control your money. You need those keys. They're stored on your computer. You need those keys in order to sign transactions and send the money. Um, if you forget your password to Phantom, the only way to get access to your wallet is with those seed phrases you, that you wrote down. It's like 24 random words that you need to write down every time you create a wallet. Um, and it's your backup so that if you ever lose access to your computer or your password or whatever, you can use almost any wallet that works in this space to access your money. And it's a very common thing for like a new entrant into the space to like see those seed phrases and not really take it seriously and then lose them. And then all of a sudden they wake up and there's a lot of money on that wallet and they don't have access to it. Um, and so this is this is where when you go down the fully like crypto native route and you want to self custody your, 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 your assets, there is a bit of a learning curve, but once you're there, it's, there's a ton of benefits to that to actually can being your own bank. There are a ton of benefits um, that I, I appreciate. And I think a lot more people will. Yeah. Some great advice. Um, yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, a, a long, we, it sounds like we have a long ways to go as far as implementing, as far as uh, discovering use cases and Olaplex. It's early days still. Olaplex might be something very, very different in, in five years. <coughs> what, what, what's your guess? What is, what is, Ola, what is Olaplex all about in, in five years? What, what's a good case scenario for you guys? Oh, man, I, I think so. I, my hypothesis is that... Um... The NFTs could be the beachhead to bring all e-commerce revenue on chain. So right now you use these like centralized payment rails for everything. Uh, and I think that that could be running on decentralized technologies in, in, in three to five years. And uh, Olaplex Inc. will be a key player in, in helping enterprises and creators um, all across the world to, to, to use those technologies and benefit from that. Yeah, great. Well, keep up the good work. Uh, good luck with that. Sounds like it'd be helpful for 
a lot of uh, creators, businesses, and users. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, that's Alex Kehaya, the CEO and co-founder of Olaplex. Please hit subscribe to keep up with the latest in fintech news. And thank you for listening. <laughs>